Chapter 1. The Mind Behind Success Like every story, we have to start at the beginning. But it's not like reading a novel or watching a movie where we don't particularly want to know what happens at the end. If we're to build a life that is, and then was, extraordinary on every level, then we're going to have to have done it on purpose. It means that we're going to have to start our journey with an absolutely crystal clear view of what winning is in order for us to be able to traverse there. I'll tell you now that while I've started every business that I've ever had with an exit strategy, each and every one has, during its journey, changed direction en route to that exit sale. It's simply what happens as you grow a business. Things come out of left field at you that you had no idea were coming your way. Things change your perspective of how you should proceed and it is in adapting to change and making the tweaks in your direction that you'll be able to achieve your goals. The key here is in keeping a constant focus on your overall goal for both the business and your personal work-life balance. If you can stay focused on the big picture and not allow yourself to be distracted by the stuff of life, you'll achieve the holy grail of an extraordinary life full of abundance. So let us begin with the ultimate question. What is winning to you? This simple little question is for many the hardest question of all to answer. And quite honestly, I've always thought it was a bit of a strange and bizarre thing to not instinctively just know. That was until I learned that most people are simply far too busy with the stuff of life. The constant distractions that inevitably fall upon us from every direction. To just stop and really take a long hard look in the mirror at who we are and what we really, really want from our time here on Earth. If you think about it, the answer to the question of what is winning to you is actually housed in a far higher question. In fact, it's the ultimate question. What is your purpose for having existed? It's a big one, isn't it? There'll come a day when you take a seat on the throne of your life, the one that looks back across the years, and it will take a moment where you think of all of the things that you've never had time to do, the things that you never said to all of the people that mattered most to you. This may seem a bit of a strange place to begin a book whose specific purpose is to give you the tools to build a business that works. But it is, I promise you, absolutely essential to you achieving the extraordinary success that you seek to stop. Take stock and think about how you want your life to be and exactly what is winning to you. Knowing what winning is and what an extraordinary life actually looks, sounds and feels like to you is the foundation stone from which you will go on to build a business life that will be truly extraordinary on every level. So where do you start in formulating an answer to the ultimate question? As you'll learn through the following chapters, the secret to success and achieving all that you want by the end of your day is always found in knowing what specifically it is that you want to have achieved when you finally reach the finishing line. Not surprisingly, we will all have a very different perspective of what life is about in retrospect than we do now while in the moment and in looking forward into the future. 
That's why it's so important to fully understand the true nature and value of time, and specifically, your time. Time, for a human being, is the most valuable resource we have, next to our relationships with our family and friends. When we run out of time, everything from our perspective is at an end. And if we spent our entire life focused on work, earning money, worrying about X or Y, we'll simply not have had an extraordinary life. Or, as the old saying goes, he who dies with the most amount of money is still dead. So if time is so valuable to us human beings, it's frankly bizarre that so many people are, on the whole, frivolous with their time, when most people are so serious about not wasting their time. Add to this the sheer lunacy of people who spend their entire working life accruing money only to then spend it on trying to buy back their youth, or their failing health that was caused by them neglecting their health on the way to earning all of the money that they'd craved. It's funny how we have a tendency to say to ourselves that one day we'll go here, we'll go there, do this or that, lose weight, get fit, track down an old friend, as if we've got all the time in the world. The truth is that all too quickly the sand will have fallen through our hourglass and we'll never have been to all the places that we wanted to go or achieved the things that we always said we wanted to do. To illustrate this and to give you a solid frame of perspective on the true value of time and why it's so important that you plan to succeed in the shortest possible time, I'd like you to really absorb the concept and value of your time. The average life expectancy for people living in this country today is around 72 years of age. Therefore, if on average you'd left education at, say, 20 years of age, and you retire around 65, your career will have spanned 16,425 days. That's 2,346 weeks, or 540 months. That's right, just 540 paydays in the average person's working life. If today your ambition is to retire from your working career within the next 10 years, you now have just 120 paydays in order to create for you the income that you'll need to afford the rest of your life. Kind of scary when you put it that way, isn't it? Now let's add another dimension. After all, it's not just about the money, is it? Let's say that you enjoy what you do and you've decided that you want to build something of significance in order to leave your stamp on the world. Something that people will look at and say, wow, you sure did make a difference. This, my friend, is the foundation of your purpose and it forms the psychological building blocks of your emotional intelligence. Your purpose is the driving force of inspiration that will help you to freight train your way towards achieving an extraordinary life full of abundance. It is in your mind that you will win all of the goals that you want to achieve. It's in your mind that you'll find the power to be resourceful in overcoming any and all of the challenges that will inevitably come across your path on your journey to achieving true success. Whatever you want, you're going to have to study it, focus on it, 
make it your mission, and in time, you will achieve it. Let's ponder for a moment the following question, and please do not move on until you have an absolutely crystal clear and vivid answer in your mind to the following statement. What would happen if you cut out all of the distractions from your life and became completely focused on what it is that you really, really want? I'd like you to stop this audio and think about that question and do not start it until you have the answer. Okay? If you really focused on the answer to the question posed and fully acknowledged what the result would be if you took action from this point on every single day, would it change the way that you looked at the world? Would it change some of your rituals and habits? Would it create a new extraordinary outcome? Would it change your life? I'm betting it probably would. Throughout this book, I'd like you to interact with me and perform a number of tasks and exercises that will help you to form new, more productive habits that will result in you having a much more focused and congruent mind. Where asked, please do take a few minutes to actually stop and contemplate each of the exercises that run through the rest of the chapters of this audio book. And as you come upon them, I'd like you to please get absolutely focused and clear about what it is that you want. I'd like you to take those tools and learn the strategies that you need to get a plan to take action on every single day towards your goal. The difference between a mediocre life and an extraordinary one is movement, focused action every day until the goal has been achieved, no matter what that goal might be. If you want to be strong, you have to go and exercise every day. If you want to learn to speak a new language or play the guitar or become an expert of any type, you need to practice every day. If you want to build a business that creates wealth, you must spend time every day being an entrepreneur, learning new things, adopting new marketing techniques and improving your communication skills. If you want to accelerate your progress, you're going to have to find the best mentor that you can afford in order to help you to learn new, more effective strategies that will keep you focused and on track then you'll constantly build and develop that entrepreneurial muscle that is your mind, the mind behind success. Just like any high-level sports professional, if you're to truly achieve extraordinary success, you'll need to learn, practice, learn, practice, learn and practice each and every day until you form new, more productive habits that will result in the success that you crave. I'm labouring this point because it's truly the difference that makes all the difference. A commitment to succeed. The good news is that there's no secrets to success. And believe it or not, nowhere near as many real competitors to you as you might think. But there is a price. One that the majority of business owners are simply not prepared to invest in. It's called smart learning. And it requires that you work smart, while all of your competitors are only working hard. Remember, 
there's a huge difference between working hard and working smart. But first, I think you should quantify exactly what the word success means for the purpose of our journey together, so that we're on the same page. Success is, I believe, all in the mind of the individual, which of course means that whatever picture or feelings the word success conjures up within you are right for you and nobody else. For some, it's simply having enough money to eat out twice a week. For others, a certain amount of money in the bank or others again, it's the material things like the house and the car and the holidays. While for others, it's just about leaving a legacy of contribution when they leave this realm. I'd like you to think long and hard now, before you move on, about what success really does mean to you. Be sure to have a really vivid picture in your mind of what it is that you want and the price that you're prepared to pay in order to get it. And when I talk about price, I'm talking about the time and the energy that you're prepared to commit in learning what you must know before taking action to make it happen. You're probably starting to see a repeating thread now, aren't you? To get the most from this first exercise, please answer each of the following questions as honestly and as fully as you can so that you can see vividly in writing what at an unconscious level is the truth about your commitment to achieving the success that you crave. When you've answered all of the questions, read back through each question and answer all the way through in order that you can see a true picture of what is really important to you and not what you think you should be wanting from other people's perspective. This always forms an incongruence which manifests in a person as frustration and stress because you're not being true to yourself. If you do this correctly, you'll feel a huge weight lift from you as you realise what your true ambitions really are, what you really want from your future. The congruency test. Experience within the field of NLP, or Neuro Linguistic Programming as it's known, has shown that the stress people have is all self-created. Sometimes it's created in response to how a person thinks they should be behaving or what they should be doing. Answer the following three questions as you believe you should do. The first question. Who should you be by now? That's right. Who should you be by now? The second question. What should you be doing? The third question. What should you have achieved by now? Please fully answer each of those three questions in writing before moving on from this point. Did you do that? Good. Having answered the three previous questions, I'm now going to ask three new questions. They sound very similar to the first three, but they are different. Who do you want to become? 
What do you want to do? What do you want to have? Write each of those questions down and fully answer them. If the answers that you gave for both sets of questions are essentially the same, I congratulate you on having achieved an excellent state of congruency. You are, from my experience, in a very, very small club of people that are really comfortable in their own skin and who know what it is they want from life. If, however, your second set of answers differed from your first set, you now have a solid picture of the reasons why you're not absolutely 100% happy with where you are, what you're doing and where you're going. And herein lies the stress that many people feel and inflict upon themselves because at a deeper level, they're trying to live up to things that are not actually what they want to do. Effectively, they're shooting all over themselves instead of being true to what it is that they want. Is this the same for you? Once you start working on yourself and developing the way that you think and you begin to understand how your mind works, you'll start to unconsciously delete all of the stress from your life and you'll begin to do things that you want to do and have the things that you want to have in your life rather than what you think you should be doing. The answer will be in finding a balance that is right for you as once you've got a solid understanding of who you are, your possibilities become truly endless. By answering the following questions, you'll be able to obtain a clearer picture of what you're all about. Now, if you're driving, stop the audio now because you'll need a pen and paper to write down the question and then your answer. Question one. Why do you want to be successful? Question two, are you willing to make the sacrifices needed to obtain the success that you seek? Question three, why do you think people are actively looking to buy the services that you sell? Question four, what steps have you taken to prove your assumptions? Question five, what research have you done on your competition and their offerings? Question six. What are your competitors planning for the future? Question seven. Do your personal interests fit into your business aims? Question eight. What are your life ambitions? Question nine. Can your personal life cope with the demands of your ambitions? Question 10. How will you know when you've achieved success? Please don't pass on from these questions until you've written them down and have the answers to those questions. Cause and effect. Okay, so you've now got a much more solid and vivid picture of what your version of winning is to you and whether you're prepared to focus and commit your time and energy to make it happen. 
If at this point you are in any way less than 100% clear about what winning is to you, stop. Get out another piece of paper, write down the questions, answer them as fully as you can, then study and compute until you answer all of the questions so that you have a concise, vivid and compelling picture in your mind of what winning is to you. I'm hoping that you have now experienced a moment of clarity about who you really are and what winning, success and an extraordinary life really looks like. I also hope that, possibly for the first time in your life, you now have a rock-solid understanding of what your purpose really looks like. I also hope that, possibly for the very first time in your life, you now have a rock-solid understanding of what your purpose really is. If this is the case, congratulations. You're now officially well on your way to achieving more than you ever thought possible. I also know from experience that many people hearing this won't have stopped to do the previous exercise. And of course, they won't have an instantaneous answer or a vivid picture in their mind to the question, what is winning to you? They'll probably be thinking, OK, John, I understand where you're coming from, but which is generally followed by a wholly believable set of reasons as to why they maybe, probably, might, never or won't be able to achieve what they really, really want. Because they're too old, too young, haven't got the knowledge, haven't got the finances, haven't got the support of their partners, blah, 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 blah. So let me just burst that bubble right now and say, it's okay. I know that you've had a life up until this point. That life may have dealt you a bit of a raw deal somewhere along the line and that you may have had your confidence robbed at some point by someone who did this or that, who extorted money or didn't come through on a promise, took advantage or didn't allow you to do whatever it was that you was trying to do in the past. Let me tell you, everybody has a story to tell. In fact, I've a few myself. And yes, for a good while I was that soldier injured in the battle of business life and left scarred by the experience to the point where, for a while, I'll admit, I developed a loop strategy, a habit of continually stopping short of my target for fear of failure. I made all manner of excellent excuses that I now often hear other people tell me when I'm at networking events or business expos or speaking engagements. My moment of clarity of the true meaning of being at cause or being at the effect of others came about in the mid-2000s. I had at that time a rapidly growing, highly technical security business that operated across Europe, installing and maintaining CCTV and access control systems. In building the company, I'd formed a number of strategic partnerships with key people who I thought, always a bad idea had a similar vision and a similar set of values. One of these partnerships was with a guy that I knew really quite well, who I'd met through friends out in the Republic of Ireland. He was a highly intelligent and technically gifted guy with a real talent for understanding how to fuse and integrate different technologies across multiple platforms. He'd just been removed from his own company by his business partners, in what was explained to me at the time as a strategic move to gain his shares at the absolute rock-bottom price. 
and hence he was looking for a job or a business opportunity. To me at the time, he looked like the perfect guy to set up a subsidiary office of my UK-based business that was already winning business out in Ireland. I invested a substantial amount of my time, energy and resources in setting him up with an office, the manpower and the technical support he needed to launch our Irish subsidiary. All began well. He worked like an absolute Trojan, networking his way to winning some high-quality business with some great organisations in that first year. I'd fly into Dublin once or twice a month and we would discuss progress and the new business opportunities that were coming in from all different angles. But slowly over time, my visits became much more of a chore. He began to fixate on what we were doing in the UK and how difficult and challenging it was for him in Ireland. He'd say things like, oh, it's all right for you guys in the UK, it's not as hard as it is here before cataloguing all manner of reasons as to why he wasn't winning business and how tough it was for him there in Dublin. Despite the great opportunities that always seemed to be on the table, he never closed them and despite my offers to help, he resisted any kind of sales training or input from me. I began to dread going out to him as he'd fixate on how much he was doing and how little money he was earning. The more effort and monies that I poured into supporting him, the more he needed. Until one day, I arrived early into the office. And while awaiting for him to arrive, I decided to take a good hard look at the accounts. Something that he'd resisted my doing, despite many previous attempts. I was shocked. I could not believe what I was seeing in the bookkeeping receipts. He was clearly using the company accounts as his own personal bank. He'd even put his new apartment's bed linen purchases through the company. When he arrived into the office, I explained what I'd found and why he couldn't do the things that he'd been doing in the company's name. Looking back now, with 2020 vision, I can't believe I was so naive to be so shocked by his reaction. He flew into a rage at being found out. His defence was to shout at me, How dare you! He rushed at me, I put my hand out, and in a moment, he was on the floor. It was like a scene out of a Charlie Chaplin movie. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then to my utter astonishment, and the onlooking sales manager who'd heard all the commotion, he jumped up and ran out the door, leaving the building. Shocked by his actions, I sat down with the sales manager and over the next hour or so learnt about what had really been going on between my visits. I left the office that afternoon in a complete daze, stunned at what I'd learnt and unbelievably disappointed that a so-called friend and business partner could have done that. Early the next morning, while making breakfast before heading back into the office, I received a call from the Irish police. They said they wanted to see me for an interview about an alleged assault and the theft of a laptop. That's right, my so-called friend and business partner, apparently fearing for his life following the assault, had called the police to notify them that I was some sort of London gangster on his trail. Later that morning, 
I sat in the interview room for nearly six hours, stunned by what had happened the previous day and the fact that here I was in custody with a police officer telling me that they were awaiting video evidence of the assault, recorded, no less, by one of my test cameras in my business partner's office. In retrospect, I have to admire his quick thinking. To have orchestrated the fall in the way that he did, knowing that the cameras were recording and that he could dial in remotely and download the images. As I sat there in that small interview room, I looked around at the four plain walls, my mind racing to all the different things that I'd done to help him. And all sorts of negative thoughts were landing on me as I was asking myself, how on earth did I not see this coming? How did I not see, with all the business that was being done, it was obvious the money was disappearing somewhere, and really, how did I not see the manoeuvre in the office, for what it was? A means to make me the bad guy, and him the victim. How did I not see that? Then it came to me. All of the warnings I'd received before working with him from my shared circle of friends, against which I'd always defended him by saying that he was misunderstood and, no, he was a good guy, really. All of the warning signals that had been there for months and months, which were now blindingly obvious to see. The move to a new swanky apartment, the new kit, the... Yeah, all of those things. The truth was, when it came right down to it, it was my fault. It was my fault that I hadn't listened my fault that I didn't take charge of things earlier, and it was my fault that I was in police custody, wasting a valuable day of my all-too-short life. Then in that moment I realised. I had a choice. I could blame him for everything, be a victim and be at the effect end of him for what he'd done, or I could stand up, be a man, take responsibility for having been stupid and naive, for having made poor choices and simply get over it and get on with it. As I came to that realisation, and the decision to take control of the ball, the interviewing police officer came back through the door. He told me that I was being released, following viewing of the footage of the incident and a statement from the sales manager who'd also seen the whole thing and supported me in explaining exactly what was really happening. I was released without charge and sent on my way. Nine o'clock the very next morning, I closed the bank account, gave notice on the office and closed the company down. Wiped my mouth and I walked away. It smarted and it stung, but I decided I wasn't going to waste another moment on him and the whole episode. From that point on, I was going to be the cause of everything in my life. I share this rather embarrassing experience with you in the hope that you've been inspired to wipe your mouth of any experience that may have been holding you back from achieving your true potential because of a fear of failure or a fear of trust in your ability to do it on your own. I hope that you, like my old business partner for that matter, will dump the past, wipe your mouth, stand up straight and begin making something positive happen. And remember, It's not what happens to you, it's how you react to what happens to you that will afford you the results that you get at the end of the day. To close off on the cause and effect subject, I'd like you to stop and think about this for one moment. If you continue to drive down the road of your life, focused on the rearview mirror, 
of all of your memories, sooner or later you're going to crash. Stop it. Stop it now. Tear that rearview mirror off and throw the darn thing in a bush. Stand up and be your true potential. Now make the road in front of you the vivid image that you want for you. Resources. It's an unfortunate fact that most people have a tendency to focus on what they don't have instead of focusing on how they can utilise the resources that they do have to get them from where they are now to where they want to be. I can't tell you how many times I hear, if only, if only they had the cash, if only they had the people, if only they had the contacts, won that contract, didn't do X or didn't do Y, they would have blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you, it's never about the resources you have. It's always about how resourceful you can be. This exercise is about taking a snapshot of just how many resources you have when you put your mind to thinking more positively. There are always more than most people realise. I'd like you to take out a piece of paper and draw a line right down the middle. And on one side, put a big old plus, And on the other side, put your minuses. Under each of the headings, list everything that you can think of relating to that subject and add any other subjects that you feel are relative to you. So, I'll help you. Let's begin. On the plus side, family, your health, your home, your hobbies, your knowledge, your reputation, your contacts, your vision of the world, your mental, your monies, all of those things are resources that you have. Now, on the negative side, well, maybe you have a bit of debt. Maybe your income's not quite what it should be. Maybe you're a bit time poor, or you just don't have enough monies around you. Let's not weigh too heavily on the negative side. It's about what you have and how you work what it is that you have. By now I'm hoping that you've begun to form a very, very different perspective of yourself and how, where you are now, is the result of how you have been looking at the world up until this moment. I'm also hoping that you've now got a number of A4 pieces of paper where you've written down notes that have helped you to form a much clearer picture of what winning really looks like to you and that you now have realised that the past is in the past. And while it's got you to where you are now, it doesn't reflect your future. Your future is your decision. If you've done the previous exercise on a piece of paper and written down all of the assets and resources that you have, you will now know that you have far more resources than you thought. If you now compare what you have to what you want to have in your what is winning overview, you will see that you are not as far from achieving it as you thought.